Welcome to Dead House. I'm Dylan. And I am Nathan. And today we are coming at you with another film review. We are going to be discussing The Evil Dead. The Evil Dead. Good, very good movie. I love this movie. I'm very excited. Yes, yes. It's the uh, the 1981 original, written and directed by Sam Raimi. And this was his debut feature as well. Yep, the directorial debut. He'd made, obviously, like most film actors, film uh, directors and film directors he'd made a couple of shorts beforehand mm. one of which was actually to secure funding for this one yeah we were just talking about this actually i yeah. think what was it uh, secure them a budget of was it ninety five thousand? i believe it secured them ninety thousand, and then i think it was part way through filming they realized they didn't have enough mm. so they had to take out a whole bunch of high interest loans yeah bruce campbell who's plays ash in in this movie and pretty much going forward um Took out a high interest mortgage on, I think it was a family's farmhouse. Yeah, and wasn't it even like some of the people involved in the reduction of it, like that weren't um, cast, also had to like go to some crazy lengths to yeah. secure funding for it? I read that they were just cold calling local businesses to try yeah. and, hey, we're making a horror movie. Yeah. Could you help in any way? And some of it worked where they got like catering and mm. fuel to get to and from shooting and stuff. Sam Raimi was just determined to make this film. <laughs> Yeah, even well, if no one wanted to. Oh, yeah, but people definitely wanted to. And then, then I think the final budget was something like three hundred and fifty thousand, or enough yeah. to actually make a decent film. Yeah, yeah, I've heard, I've, yeah, I've seen three fifty, three seventy five, under four hundred thousand, mm. which is crazy considering, like, you go to look at the sequels. The second one was like three and a half million. Yeah, and then the yeah. third one, like eleven million. I know that's crazy. And see, The Evil Dead, I find, is often regarded as like one of the best horror films of all time. And this is really just such a simple premise, isn't it? Like it's It's so simple a premise they decided to choose it for Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The 2000 well, something film. And like we said in our last episode, it's pretty much just the sequel is the same as the first, just done better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a tonal shift, though. Like the yeah. first one, very horror. Like yeah, true. Ho- as horror as horror can be. It's more tongue in cheek, isn't it? The sequel. Yeah, I've because I've rewatched the the first and the second one last night, yesterday. Mm. And when I first saw these movies, I liked the second one more. Okay. I don't know if it's because I've matured since then. Yeah. But I like the first one better now, which, okay. which surprised myself. I, I rewatched it and I just remember, I remember liking it, mm. but I liked it so much more now. Well, I only watched the sequel kind of recently, Evil Dead 2, and I think I enjoyed it more <laughs> than the first in the sense that it was just like such good acting and the practical effects were next level. And I was like in hysterics for most of the film in a good way. Um, whereas the first one is just the beauty of how simple and effective it is. Yeah. Just makes it really good. Yeah. Well, I guess that's why I don't like it as much as the, why, why I like the first one more now is mm. because it is straight horror. Yeah. Like the sure, second okay. one gets wacky. Yeah. It gets crazy. Yeah. And it, it gets a lot wackier than I remember it. Like you're seeing trees just with faces on them moving around. Yeah. And shit. That's true. And interestingly, Bruce Campbell, who obviously plays Ash, one of the, the most iconic horror characters, uh, in history, was a childhood friend of Sam Raimi's. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think they went to school, high school mm. together and college, maybe. Which is pretty cool. Uh, would have had good chemistry, I guess, then between the cast and, and crew in that sense. And uh, The Evil Dead actually went on to spawn a franchise. So we now have, well, it's three sequels now, isn't it? Evil Dead Rise has just come out. Yep. Um, and then we had the 2013 remake and the mm-hmm. TV show, Ash vs. Evil Dead. 
And we were talking about this before. I've not seen the TV show, but I've heard very good things. You, what was it? You tried one episode and you were <laughs> neither here nor there? Yeah, I don't know. I watched the first first episode and I don't know if I was just in a bad state of mind at the time. I don't know if I was looking for something else, but it didn't pull to me. It didn't really, okay. I don't know. I just didn't feel like watching more of it, but I'll have to go back and rewatch it. See, I Try and actually not, stick with it. Yeah, I've only seen the Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 and the remake. So I've not seen Army of Darkness, but you were saying just before that's kind of more just like wacky fantasy <laughs> comedy, right? Yeah, that's the least from horror that it gets in that entire franchise. It's, yeah. it's medieval fantasy, really, yeah. is what it is. Okay. Um, I think a reason why why the, um, the TV show didn't really pull me as much is because it lacks the isolation of it. Like it's... Yeah. Like Evil Dead 1 and 2 and the remake, all mm. about a cabin in the woods where yeah, true. there's a group of people or even if it's just him, alone getting tormented by, you know, the evil entity stuff. Mm. Whereas the show, it's in civilization and there's right. a lot of characters and it's just less scary. Yeah. And it's I... in, like, the character of Ash pretty much is not the same character as he was in the first and the second one. Right. But I don't know. Maybe some people like that. And I guess a big pull of it as well is that they can't escape, right? Like, even if they leave the cabin, um, you know, like, there'll be reasons as to why they can't even get beyond the actual like land that it's on whether that's you know a bridge collapse or bad weather or mm, like that trees there. come to life and they're, they're keep them there they're trapped there and they have to survive yeah. until morning yeah so this is definitely like horror 101 and i gotta say i watched the remake i think for the second time last night and it was not what i was expecting but kind of like my thoughts on Friday the 13th remake, I thought it was well made but poorly written because they try to kind of remake it, um, but some of the iconic scenes, like the hand scene, things like that, when, you know, the chick's trapped under the under the trap door in the basement, like, they just weren't done as well, I thought. And, um, you know, if you've got such iconic scenes like that, then you really need to either do it justice or just change it completely. Yeah, it's always hard when they're so iconic. Most of the time, it's probably better off just mm. not even touching it. I will say something that was really cool in the remake was a scene where the sister, like the first chick that gets possessed, she like licks a box cutter blade yeah. and her tongue like splits in half. Yeah. That was pretty fucking cool. But You know people just have that modification to their tongues these days? Oh, bit of a no. side note where they yeah. have it as snake tongue and they can do little fucking tricks. And God, shit. I could not do that. No. I don't know. It's worth watching once, I guess. Like the raining blood scene oh, at the yeah. end was the, cool. The reason I loved it so much when I was younger, and even to this day, the remake that is, is because of, it does it all with practical effects. There's little to no CGI in it. Yeah, okay. And so it's just, it's it's a masterclass on a current movie because usually these days you, it's relies on CGI, mm. but it's a current-ish movie yeah. that has practical effects that work so well and it always looks real. Yeah, true. Okay, that's fair. Because well, compared to the first, like the actual Evil Dead first one, mm. it's practical effects, but a lot of it does not look real because yeah. it's a product of its time. Like the chainsaw bends or things like <laughs> that. But I mean, getting back to the 81 original, uh, from what I've read, it sounded like quite an arduous filming process. Like the conditions were so poor and it was just so slapped together. Like, I've heard that the actors were sick and injured on set. Um, some of the lengths they went to to, like, get the shot that they wanted is incredible. Yeah, because it was because they were first-time filmmakers and they didn't, well, mm. they didn't have codes of standards and stuff back then. So it's, yeah, yeah. it literally was just 
a whole cast of filmmakers and mm. crew staying in a cabin in the woods yeah, <laughs> and having to make a movie in the pouring rain. Yeah, I think I read that it was like 13 or so members and they were like some of them in the same rooms, things like that. Like they went days without showering at some points. And mm-hmm. um, I think because they had to kind of destroy the cabin like the set that I was shooting at during the process, that by the end of it, they were like burning furniture to keep warm of a night. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's I, I think pretty to, gnarly. I think to this day, the only thing that's left standing is the fireplace. Oh, wow. I feel like I read that somewhere. Yeah. And I mean, The Evil Dead, like it's such, like I said before, it's such a simple concept, but I think one of the reasons it stood the test of time is just the practical effects are so memorable and you've really got to hand it to Bruce Campbell for his acting. <laughs> he's good. He's he, he's not what I remembered, I because I'm used to him being this charismatic, mm. you know, character that's quipping from you know left and right. Yeah. But in the first movie, he's like terrified. He, yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't take like an active role of fighting back to him until the very end of it. Yeah, and true. for a lot of the movie, he's just a scared boy. Very like convincing screams as well. Yeah, and, I mean. <laughs> Given the conditions they were shooting in, he might have been genuinely <laughs> scared for his life. Well, yeah, I was going to say a lot of the scenes where he's like trying to be terrified, he's yeah. acting, he, he's like constantly shaking the whole time. Yeah. But that could just be because he was cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and speaking of practical effects as well, I read that a lot of the fake blood was coffee mixed with corn syrup <laughs> and food coloring. So it took like days for him to get it off their skin. Jesus. And like the cheap contact lenses they were using when one of the characters was possessed, sometimes like made their eyelids stick closed. Oh, God, that's, <laughs> so, that's torture like, right there. Yeah, it, it sounds like an ordeal. But they, um, they went through the ringer to get it made. Yeah, but look, it was worth it. It's definitely held up and yeah, it's it's. I can see why it's revered as one of the best in the genre. It's everything you want. Yeah. So I suppose we should probably start going through the film. What do you reckon? Yeah, all right. So... The film opens with uh, the group of friends. It's five friends, right? Driving in like a pickup truck mm-hmm. um, down this windy road in the woods, uh, going to stay in this cabin for a weekend or however long. And um, you've got these like intense strings that are playing. Uh, it even shows like that camera's perspective of kind of rushing through the woods, mm. which um, you see a lot throughout the film as kind of like the POV of the evil, the, I the guess. Evil, yeah. The evil dead. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you know how they filmed that? Uh, I think you mentioned when we're talking about Evil Dead 2, it was like they didn't have a dolly. So it was like on a plank of wood with two guys sprinting, right? Yeah, and they just yeah. sped that up in editing. It's so funny. Like That's so cool. It, it takes a little bit of the, the fear out of it when you know that. But it's just yeah, yeah just Sam Raimi and whoever was operating the camera yeah. just holding it and they're running side by side. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is terrifying because like it's just these, you know, group of friends laughing they just kind of listen to music or whatever driving to this cabin and then you've got just this ominous thing that's like watching them or following them Mm. Um, and you don't know why at this point yeah exactly and it's really terrifying too because of the sound design of it Mm. like i think it was just sam raimi was sleeping in a hotel room right when he heard the wind coming in like a certain way and he's like oh that's kind of scary and then he used that Oh, that's so that, cool. That's what it is. It and is it, like a howling wind, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's literally the howling wind. The moving. Um, the, I can't remember his name, but the guy, not Ash, but the other guy, he's drinking some kind Scotty. of... Scotty. Scotty, yeah. He's drinking some kind of clear liquid from a jar moonshine, while he's driving. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was moonshine. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is he drinking? Yeah, it was great moonshine. <laughs> um, gross. And so anyway, they they get to uh, the sort of stretch of road that leads to the cabin uh, in this clearing and the bridge that gets them across this this water, uh, this stream is dilapidated, it's mm-hmm. falling mm-hmm. apart, very hazardous. And um, I really loved here, you get this kind of like silent 
tracking shot following the car as it's like pulling into the driveway. I really love that. I'll go back though. My The first time I laughed in this movie yeah. was when they're going over the bridge and he's like, oh, it looks very, um, like one of the girls is saying it does look very stable. And yeah. Ash is just like, oh, it's solid as a rock. And then it goes from a POV looking up and it's falling to pieces. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it right from the get go, you kind of get a sense of that it's, it's a horror, but there is hints of comedy. Yeah. It's going to be laced throughout this movie. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so they park the car, they get out, and you've got this, like, swinging chair on the front porch, right? And it's, like, knocking rhythmically into, like, the wall or whatever in the wind or something. Um, and Scotty's, like, fumbling around for the keys. I think they're on top of the door frame or something. Yeah. As soon as he grabs them, it, like, stops. <laughs> stops banging. That was kind of cool. Yeah, it's a very ominous, very yeah. ominous environment already setting up. Yeah, like, you can see how, like easy that would have been to film and you know there's just like a guy behind the camera that grabbed it but like it it just it's cool good timing yeah this is this is looking pretty ominous i mean after all it's a an old cabin in the woods there's no one around their only way in is pretty sketchy at best yep and you've just had the pov of this you know evil per se that's stalking them and watching them in the woods so it's setting it up uh for the night ahead and um then we get uh you know they they settle in um, unpack, you know, set up in the rooms and stuff. And there's this shot of the woman, um, again, I've forgotten her name, um, the one that's like drawing. She's like sketching the, the grandfather clock that's like in, mm. in the corner. Um, and the I- pendulum is like swaying side to side um, and then it like suddenly stops, which was really cool. I want to say her name was Cheryl. Sorry, I was thinking about okay. that the whole time. Yeah. I know that because there's Ash and I believe Cheryl is Ash's sister. Right, okay. And then there's Ash's girlfriend. And then Scotty. Yeah. Who I think might be dating Cheryl or he's dating the other woman. Yeah, because I think there's like... There's two couples There's two and couples a and a, a fifth-wheeling girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so she's like sketching this grandfather clock and then the pendulum suddenly stops and then you get like this breeze come through the window or whatever and her hand gets like possessed, which yeah, is so obviously, cool. you know, a sign of things to come. Yeah. Um, and then she's maniacally just fucking just yeah. drawing with fucking pencil in fist style. Yeah. And I noticed too, the hand is like, it's like gray and veiny. No, oh, yeah. It's like, it's not obviously her hand yeah, um, drawing for her. It's like actually, yeah, fully possessed. Um, and she sketches what we come to know as the book of the dead. Yes. Uh, and, and this is in the first 10 minutes of the film as well, I noticed, which is pretty cool. So you've just had them, you know, driving through rock up to this cabin and already weird shit's happening, but they're like... They think nothing of it, which I found a bit weird. But Yeah, does she bring that up to anyone else? It's like, hey, I was just drawing and my yeah. hand was possessed and I drew this creepy looking book. I don't think so. I don't think she I don't think she even acts like that freaked out. She's just like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it happened again. <laughs> um, yeah, and so what I really loved from here is it cuts to this scene of them like blending this like red drink or something. And then the trapdoor kind of rattles with the chains and stuff. Mm. And I just thought that was really cool because it's like, um, I don't know, just the juxtaposition of changing to like a really violent <laughs> scene that looks like it could be blood or something. Really well done. Mm-hmm. Really simple. Uh, and then we get, um, yeah, so so the trapdoor is kind of like bouncing up and down. And, and, you know, as far as they're aware, no one's in there. So they're a bit freaked out. Um, they send Scotty to go down into the cellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know they're calling out to him. They don't hear anything. Uh, after a while, I think Ash goes down. He does. So yeah. to check on him. Um, does go- he take the shotgun down there yet? 
Uh, they find it. Oh, down that's there. right. Yeah, they find. I think the they just have thing. a flashlight or something. Yeah, or a lantern. Lantern. That's yeah, it. back then. Yeah. So so Scotty's disappeared somewhere down into the cellar. Uh, Ash follows him down, and I really love his like creeping down the steps into the dark. You've got this really like unsettling kind of ambient score. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first time, I guess, since the opening scene when they're driving that you really get that ominous music back mm. and, uh, some really cool, like shaky handheld shots as well. It's not like, you can tell it's not on a tripod. Yeah. That's, that's something you definitely notice about the movie Yeah, is it, it looks so realistic. Mm, like, <laughs> like not, all... sorry, you go. No, you go. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, no. so not only is it like a handheld shot, it's like they're deliberately shaking it more than normal to like yeah. show the fear, I think, which Al- is really cool. Almost a product of its cheapness to be made, but yeah. it gives it a real sense of realism. Because going back to the the remake of it, mm. that, that movie's made with all these static shots of like clearly on a dolly or a camera. Yeah, the the camera is smooth. stationary. It's too smooth. Yeah. You can't buy into it. Yeah, I agree. And um, so anyway, Ash is down there now. He's looking around in the dark. Um, and then I think Scotty jumps out at him or something. Yeah, that, that, that old fucking prank. Yeah, and then he finds that there's another door in the cell that leads to the next room, and it's in that room where they find the gun um, with the ammo and the mm. the Book of the Dead, which yeah, is, yeah. you know, the the thing that conjures up the evil spirits on the land. This leather-bound book. Well, like- it's made of skin, right? Skin is leather. Leather is skin. <laughs> well, the, uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, actually. Yeah, it's 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 a skin. I take that back. Skin bound book written in blood. Yeah, yeah. It's like stitched together with like a face, weird face on mm. the cover, and yeah, it's pretty pretty gnarly looking. Um, and something I noticed here as well. There's a an original "The Hills Have Eyes" poster on the wall. Did yeah. you pick that up? Of course, I picked that. that up. Was cool. It's like center frame. Yeah, because I, I believe that's an homage to. Oh, I can't remember which movie it was, but there was another movie that also paid homage. I think it's Wes Craven. Okay. Where it, it's just a, a classic like horror movie thing where mm. in the movie, a character will be watching another horror movie or sort of pay homage to it or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and Because like in Nightmare on Elm Street, they're watching either Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm. or even Evil Dead. I'm not sure. They, oh, might, they might actually be watching this. I was going to say, I have a feeling it might even be Gremlins, which Gremlins. I love, by the way. We love that film. I feel like it's in Billy's like attic bedroom. There's like an Evil Dead poster on the wall. Or there's yeah, some, okay. th- there's like a lot of a lot of old like 80s films have Evil Dead posters in the bedrooms, like boys' bedrooms. Yeah, well, it became iconic. Yeah. Um, so that was just a cool nod, I guess. Uh, and then, so this is Nightfall by this time. Um, there's this storm rolling in. And while they're down there, they find the gun, the book. They also find this old tape recorder mm-hmm. um, with the two reels on it. And Scotty kind of brings that up when they come back with the others. And they start playing it. And it's like a voice recording of like a guy and his wife, right? That stayed in the cabin well before them. Yep. And he's sort of talking about all this weird stuff that's happening and how he found this book down there. Um, and he kind of says like that the book was made from flesh and the text is written in blood, all this creepy shit. And the in the recording, he sort of reads the spell that he finds in the Book of the Dead. Um, and unbeknownst to the five that are playing it, when you read out this spell, it sort of awakens the evil uh, in the cabin. Yeah, which you were saying you preferred this way as to how they did it in the remake. Because in the remake, yeah. it's just one of the characters... Like, they'll find it, but then it's one of the characters who opens it up mm. and reads it himself. Well, yeah. he doesn't just read it. He goes out of his way because it's 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 
a book that's in a plastic bag that's then bound with barbed wire. So yeah. you have to get through that, open the bag, and then... They deliberately it's... make it hard to access and he goes out of <laughs> yeah. his way to do it. Like, he has to, like, they've scribbled it over, <laughs> so he has to like do the thing where you put a paper on it and like fucking shade over it. So yeah, it like rub, rub the, the charcoal to get the text. Yeah, see, what I like about this is because they're playing a tape recording of him reading the spell, like it then, you know, conjures everything. Whereas in the remake, um, it's not like accidental and they're not like fuck what have we just done in yeah you're exactly right and in the remake he kind of seeks it out and wants to translate it even though all over <laughs> the book in blood it says do not read it do not write it do not hear it he's like oh i wonder what this does and then yeah. is surprised when all his friends are dead by the end of the film they're more un- well he's dead by the end of the film yeah he's uh, undead by the end of the ooh, film yeah, yeah it's, uh, it, they're definitely more unwitting victims in this first movie. yeah which yeah. i like because it makes them more likable because they're not stupid <laughs> The characters yeah. are a bit more like, yeah, you can relate to them a bit more anyway. Yeah, sure. It's funny though, one of the, another behind the scenes fact is um, in the original script for the movie, yeah. it had them like smoking a joint, like marijuana or something, <laughs> while they're listening to the tape recording. So when they went to film it, yeah. they actually got high and, and like started doing the scene, oh. but had to cut it and get rid of it because it was unusable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they like, would have just been yeah, out of their minds. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, and so as as the tape recording is reading the spell, uh, you see like the fog outside start to to come out of the land. There's like this black mist that kind of creeps over the full moon, which you see a lot throughout the movie, which mm-hmm. is really cool. And it's kind of like each time, yeah, something's about to go down. You see this this kind of fog come out, or the or the moon cloud over, and it it just kind of dips its toes in the water at this point. So they're not aware of anything happening. They don't see that stuff outside. They think the storm's just rolling in. Yep. They play this creepy recording. It's freaking the girls out. They tell them to turn it off. They don't want to hear it anymore. So they pack it away. And then it's like later into the night, um, Ash gifts. What's her name? Did you say his girlfriend? Well, one of them is named Cheryl, but I don't Cheryl. know if that's the girlfriend or the sister. I think Cheryl's the sister. We should quickly Google this while we... <laughs> okay. All right. Um, well, well, Nathan's looking this up. <laughs> Now you were saying that they were meant to be likable characters. That the boyfriend is not likable at all. Because when the girls are like yeah. saying they don't want to listen to it, he's like, "Oh, it's fine. Relax. Yeah. Like, forget about it." Well, it, it is creepy. But I mean, if we say we were with friends camping in a cabin in the woods, we found a recording, played it, and they were like, "Oh, yes, we found this creepy book in the basement. This is what it said." Like, I'd be intrigued. I'd want to. I'd want to hear what it says. Yeah, but if the girls were telling you, hey, please don't play this and make us uncomfortable, you'd stop. You wouldn't then go, no, you shut up, woman. <laughs> you can go to the next <laughs> room. No, that's true. Okay. He is, he's just very like a cocky, arrogant character, I suppose. All There's right. one in every horror film. We've got Cheryl is Ash's sister. Sister, okay. Sister. And then Linda. Linda, yes. And then Shelly, but she might be number two. Shelly, I think, is his girlfriend, right? Yes. <laughs> And then Linda's just... Linda's the other one. The fifth wheeler, we'll call her. Um, Yeah, so, okay. Ash gifts (laughs) Shelly a necklace. It's like this pendant. It kind of looks like a magnifying glass. Yeah, it's like a magnifying glass. Because in the, again, in the original script of it, um, they had this idea that at the end of the movie, he'd use that magnifying glass to focus the light from the sun to burn the book. Oh, wow. And maybe they realized that's a terrible idea. Yeah, it does come back into play with the book later, but yeah, it's a lot better than that. Yes, it is. Um, Um, What I liked about this scene is it shows his... A close-up of his face, like an extreme (laughs) close-up with his eyes closed. How's that monobrow? Did you see that? It's like Noel Gallagher looking... (laughs) 
hey, look, the man's sexy. You don't need to make fun of his eyebrows. He's got a face chiseled out of stone. He's a very handsome man. Yes, he is. I just thought that was funny. So, yeah, they're they're, uh, getting a little heated. And um, this is where you start seeing these stalking shots of outside the cabin, looking through the windows. That and the kind of rushing POV shot comes up a lot throughout the film is mm. kind of the perspective of the the evil. And um, it shows the chick going out in the, into the fog after she hears something, thinking someone's out there and you've got this giant full moon. Is that Linda? Linda's the first one that sort of... I am giving up. <laughs> trying to remember these people. We should names. have done uh, more research before we this. Don't. We're sorry. So one of the girls. <laughs> one of the girls walks out into the night. Because and... she... Did, did you hear what they said? Uh, what, like the the evil? The evil, or... yeah. Because um, it says join it just... us. Oh, okay. And I thought th- it was just like calling her name or something. No, throughout the movie... Well, if it were called her name, we'd know what her fucking name is. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, throughout the movie, that's... Uh, you know, they, the evil kind of says join us a lot. And so yeah. this is the first time it says join us. Yeah. And she fucking goes out there. I don't yeah. know. So I don't know if she it like possesses her, gives her a bit of persuasion mm. or she's just a dumb, curious woman. I know. It's like playing a creepy tape recording and continuing to listen to it after people in, in the room have asked you to stop is one thing. Going outside <laughs> at night in a fog when something, yeah. a disembodied voice says join yeah. us. And then she's like, is anybody out here? And it's like, well, if there is, why are you going out there? Yeah, I know. You're, you're alone in the middle of the woods. It's the classic horror movie thing like when you're home alone and you hear someone's like breaking into the house and you're like, who's there? Yeah. Like, fuck, don't yell out, just hide. <laughs> Call the cops. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so she's wandered out into the fog at night alone. You get the intense strings from the first scene come back in again. So there's obviously a sign that something bad is about to happen. And boy, does something bad happen. <laughs> yeah, this caught me off guard how like intense and I suppose confronting um, the first kind of attack uh, of the land is. So she's kind of wandering out into the trees and the branches and vines and things start attacking her. Mm-hmm. They, they come alive. Of, yeah, the the trees come alive and they tend to have a mind of its own and kind of like wrap around her and um, it like tears her clothes off. It's like scratching mm-hmm, at her skin. Mm-hmm. Get a boob, boob shot, yep. Yeah, it, it ends up like dragging her through the trees, doesn't it? Like by her ankles or something. And yeah, it's it's a very graphic scene. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty full on and it's quite uncomfortable to watch, particularly when this big ass branch like creeps up between <laughs> her legs while it's like holding her, her legs apart. Yeah, I think... I think since then, the directors have kind of gone back and like, hey, maybe we didn't need to put that in. That's yeah. a very intense scene. It's very full on. But I mean, hell, it has a it has an effect on the movie. Yeah. Like, shit, yeah. this, is, this is intense. This is scary. This is real. Yeah, shit gets dark hella quickly. And um, I did notice too, when she's like, she breaks free from the grasp of the vines and the branches and stuff. And she's running back to the cabin and she's like screaming and she falls over too many times, I think. <laughs> and like very... Very sexual screams when she's <laughs> running. Trips over like 10 plus times. Um, gets back to the cabin and the friends don't believe her. They think she's gone insane. She, Well, at least at least here though, she makes a smart decision. Like she's try- mm. she's telling them exactly what's happening. She's not trying to like chain mince, mince her words or anything. Yeah. They don't yeah. believe her, but she just straight up says, I don't fucking care if you believe me. Yeah. I want to get out of here. Yeah, I don't care how it sounds. She's pulling the pin. It's the first night. They want to get out of there. She's just been kind of molested by a there's mystical no, there's tree. There's no kind of about it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty graphic. She wants to get the hell out of Dodge, so uh, no one else wants to go, so she asks Ash to, yeah. to drive her out of there. And um, they all came in the one car, by the way. We should probably make that clear if you haven't yeah. seen it. And do you, do you know anything about that car? 
no. It's no. Sam Raimi's car. It's like an Oldsmobile. Oh. That, it's pretty much become a staple in, if not all of his films, yeah. almost all his films have that car. Oh, wow. Like okay. in Drag Me to Hell, it's there. In the Spider-Man movies that he directed, that's Uncle Ben's car. That's cool. Yeah, I think in what? Multiverse of Madness, it's one of the cars that gets like thrown around in the like opening scene. That's funny. What, what kind of car is it? An Oldsmobile. Is all I know. It's a yellow Oldsmobile. Okay. It's like 70, 79 Oldsmobile or something like that. Okay. That's interesting. Um, yeah, it's just, that's funny. Just, just his way of saying, hey, this is my movie. Here's a little piece of me that's always going to be in it. Interesting. All right. And even yeah. in, the, in the remake, even though he didn't direct that, they have an homage at the start of the movie. That's what uh, Mia is sitting on. Oh, right. It's like an old dilapidated like version down. of that car. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Also, just real quick in the... In the remake, I noticed like at the start when you're getting introduced to the characters, one of them's like playing with a deck of cards, which obviously comes up in this one where they're like reading the, you know, trying to guess like oh, what yeah, card yeah, they're yeah, holding. Yeah. They don't reenact that scene in the remake, but I thought that was a nice homage to a yeah. like that, like that car. Yeah. Um, very cool. Yeah. So anyway, Ash and the chick, they're in the car trying to get out of there. It's night. Um, it's foggy. And uh, what I really liked about this is the car like does not start at first ash is like trying the ignition um it's it's just not doing anything and then you get this really cool pov of his hand like in the ignition and Mm -hmm. like on the wheel turning to look at her in the car i thought that was really well done yeah and then it's like a fake out scene where she's like see i told you it won't let us leave it's trying to keep us here and then the car starts yeah yeah that's right so a bit bit more comedy throughout the tense horror scenes yeah yeah and then so they're, they're making their way out and um Making their way downtown. What, what actually... I can't remember what happens. Is the car like... Do they swerve and hit a tree or something? Or does she just like... They stop and she just like opens the door and runs out. Because they... Don't they find like the bridge and it's yeah, collapsed? No, yeah, you're, you're mixing the, the remake and this one. Yeah. No, they, they drive and then they just stop. Right. And he gets out of the car and he's like, wait here. And she's like... Oh, That's why? right. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a super cool shot actually when he gets out of the car. Mm. They've, they've like parked the car on a hill, like on a slight tilt. And set the camera up on a tilt as well. So it yeah. looks like the car's right. So when he gets out of the car, he's on this weird fucking angle oh, walking true. out. Yeah, that when is watching good. that, I was like, that's so weird how they do that. And they, they literally just put the camera and the car on the same tilt. Huh, okay. Um, so yeah, so then he walks away and is gone for like a little bit of time. Yeah. And so, yeah, then she goes to see what's going on. And it mm. turns out the bridge has not even like like collapsed or anything it's been like fucking deformed which to me it looks, oh, looks, that's right kind of looks like a hand that's like yeah grasping them there you see like the iron bars all like bent out of shape yeah, and it's stuff. like that's it's, right it's like ripped up and yeah. it's curled up yeah sweet um sweet and kind of like the <laughs> dude um and kind of like the blender scene where they like cut to something that looks like it's really graphic but it's not um is the the axe Chopping the wood. Mm. I thought that was really cool. Um, break the tension. And uh, this is where you find Ash is listening to the rest of that tape recording. He's kind of got like earphones in or whatever. Yeah. Um, to, to hear what the guy that discovered it in the cellar initially was was saying. And this is really interesting. Like that card scene I was just talking about where one of the girls is like holding up a playing card. And she's like, guess what this is? And the other chick will be wrong. She'll say like, um, I don't know, red seven of diamonds or something. And it's like a... Black nine clubs <laughs> yeah. or something, but, but she's, she's like, she's, she's you like, got oh, it you again, got it right, yeah, yeah. So they're doing like a, the card thing, and then all of a sudden, the girl who got raped by the tree, yeah, is like guessing them correctly. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And then that's right because then she starts like levitating. 
Mm, she's like yeah. in front of the window. Like, she's now just very quickly straight up possessed. Yeah. Like her face is all deformed now to be that, uh, you know, eventually they're called deadites. Mm. Like that deadite look. Yeah, her eyes like all milky and like discolored or whatever and um, gets this like really creepy laugh and like tone of her voice. And um, yeah, so she's like in front of the window and she, is, is this when they're like, oh, you're all going to die tonight? Yeah, yeah, because she's yeah, because she goes from guessing the cars to being like, "You're all gonna die tonight." Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then there's a scene where she grabs a pencil and she stabs Ash's girlfriend like through the Achilles heel. That's in the ankle. A good scene. Yeah, yeah, that was that was cool. And I just read before we were recording this that apparently they censored that out in the initial um, theater screening in the UK. Mm. Which yeah, that was that was really cool. Yeah, because it's so cool. It's like she stabs with a pencil, but then. It keeps going and she's like twisting it yeah, around yeah. and the blood's spurting out. Yeah, it's pretty Ooh, gnarly. Beautiful. And this is when there's a whole lot of commotion and then Scotty kind of grabs her and throws her in the cellar and they lock the trap door shut with the, the chains through the, the deadbolt and everything. Um, and interestingly, uh, when what I really liked about this next shot was while the friends are kind of talking about her and they're like, shit, you know, what's happened to her? Why is she like that? What happened to her eyes? Um, what do we do with her? This is like her POV, like with the trap door kind of raised a little, looking yeah. around, just panning around the room while the like conversation is going. I thought yeah. that was really cool. Such a good choice to have it so that it's not just a locked trap door. It's like it can actually open a little bit. Yeah, it's got like so, a six inch kind of Yeah, and then leeway. so there's a lot of scenes where it's focused on the characters in the in the cabin. But then in the background, you can see her with her head just poking up out of it. Yeah, she can like peer through and see what they're up to and like laugh at them and yeah, you know, taunt them. Yeah, yeah, it's really well done. Um, and then I think we get to the scene where uh, the evil kind of like breaks through the window and, you know, the woman disappears in the room. And you were saying in um, the last episode that the way they did that was they <laughs> mounted the camera on like a plank of wood and just rammed it through yeah. the window. yeah. Which is great. Or better way to do it than to just do it. Yeah. And this happens a couple times, right? Throughout the film where the evil just kind of like... Breaks show, through a window. Yeah. It'll show it kind of like watching them from the outside. And then it just... Yeah. They go into the room after they hear a smash or whatever. And there's the window is all broken in and mm. whoever was in there is gone. Yep. And yeah. So, so that has happened. Uh, another woman has been abducted from the cabin. Uh, and then Scotty gets attacked... Uh, in the bathroom because he goes in there's like a fucking shower curtain again <laughs> hate shower curtains man they're everywhere um and there's this scene where like she's not behind it is she like you there's a really slow like intense yeah. scene he like grabs it and rips it away and there's no one there and then obviously the camera's in front of him and shows her like behind him and yep. she like she like scratches his face with a fingernail, like just running yeah, down his yeah. face. Yeah, she or goes to like grab him, her nails dig in. Yeah, and then, um, then she because they've got a struggle, and then he kind of like holds her like head into the fireplace, right? And she like burns. Yeah, she starts. Yeah, her head starts burning. Yeah, because then her face gets all like <laughs> fucked up and um, melted and whatever. And then there's the scene. I can't remember if it's. Her, it must be, it's, it's the same chick because she's like, she starts like gnawing on her own hand. Oh, she's like yes. biting her own hand off. Yeah, and I think that was her, also removed from the UK theatre release. Okay, I yeah, because her hand's like trapped in something. 
um, or it's trapped yeah. in some way, and so she and it's already been cut. Yeah, and so she just literally bites her hand off. Yeah, yeah, which was beautiful. Again, a, another yeah. intense scene. This is where those practical effects really shine. Um, and then she kind of like there's this this dagger, isn't it? Like this sacrificial dagger. So there's yeah, the book I, of the dead. I don't know where that came from. I guess it was just with the book. Yeah, and then it, it kind of looks like a spine, doesn't it? Like the mm. book. The, uh, sorry, not the book. The <laughs> dagger is kind of like bone shaped thing with like a skull on the handle or whatever yeah, just think of a sacrificial dagger it probably looks like that <laughs> yeah. and she kind of like stabs herself in the back somehow or, or like scotty has stabbed her in the back and then she grabs it yeah, yeah. scotty stabs her and then yeah. she grabs it out and goes to stab him yeah that's right so so she's got this like dagger in her back and then this really long scream when she's like <laughs> ripping it out like it's it's like a over a 10 second long scream. Some Chester Bennington um, mother right there. Yeah, which is like pretty gnarly. And then I think this is where Scotty grabs the axe and the axe comes into play. So I believe that while all this is taking place, Ash already has the axe. Oh, Ash has the axe. But yeah, because this is what I was talking about where he's more passive. The whole scene, he's got the axe, but he's not doing anything. He's, right, kind of, yeah. he's kind of scared stiff and he can't do anything. Yeah. And then Scotty runs up and is like, give me the fucking axe. Yeah, and that's then, right. Then go, they're like, hits they're backs against the wall or whatever and he's just like holding onto it in shock. Mm. True. Yeah, and then Scotty just grabs it and just dismembers yeah. her. <laughs> Which is something that the tape when Ash was listening to it would said is to you have to dismember them to, yeah. to get rid of the evil. There's like steps in the yeah Book of the Dead or yeah. in this case the recording. Yeah, so she's already lost a hand. She threw that off. So he he's like chops yeah. off her other hand, chops off her legs. Like yeah, she finishes with the head. And the camera shot of this, um, I think it just shows Scotty like swinging the axe again, and again, and then like the red blood like starts coming over the lens. I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, so he's like just dismembered this chick that's gnawed off her own hand, and yeah. It's it's this is getting quite gory at this point of the film, um, and then the girlfriend, uh, what's her name again? Did we say it was no. Shelley? Shelley, sure. I'm saying Shelley. Um, Ash's girlfriend. She sort of comes out and she's like sitting on the ground, like with her legs crossed, like with this creepy giggling. Yeah, she's like laughing at them because there was a scene you missed out where she's laying in bed. And Ash goes to check on her and oh, looks, the ankle, looks like, at her ankle and it's a really cool shot of, it just looks like her ankle with a bit of like tiny pencil hole Yeah, in it. that's right. And then it's like the stop motion, it starts like becoming like splinters black and splinters and like veiny. That's and right, And so yeah. that possesses her. Yeah, so that's that's a sign that, um, yeah, if you get attacked, it seems to be a recurring theme in the film, if you get attacked by someone while they're possessed, whether it's a bite or a scratch or whatever, it kind of like infects you. Yeah. And then you end up getting possessed. Transmissible. Yeah, yeah. So then she's like sitting on the floor, like laughing at them. Her face is really creepy. She's got like the (laughs) creepy eyes and cut up face and everything. Ash, I think he like, he's like, stop laughing. And he like backhands her. (laughs) He's like, stop laughing. Like backhands her. And he's like, even like nearly shoots her with the gun. (laughs) Well, he should. He's possessed. He hits her like three times or something. It's quite funny. Um, yeah, so, so that scene happens. Um, and then the, the chick in the cellar, Linda, I believe she sort of is like calling out from out of the trap door. She's like, Oh, I'm all right now. And it's her, her normal voice. She's mm, not the yeah, so creepy it's, possessed voice. It's trying to trick them into releasing them. Yeah. Yeah. So she's down there, um, you know, trying to get someone to, to open the door and let them out. Um, I believe it's Ash that undoes it and sort of lifts up. The, the trap door oh no the, he goes down to do it and I think the arms like come through the trap door don't they mm, yes. like they burst yeah. through the wood and they grab him yeah yeah grab him by the head or whatever which was really well done actually and then 
I think I think they just have kind of a struggle, right? And then he like ends up shutting the trap door again. And well, I don't know if it's him or Scotty, or Scotty. That, that does it because one whoever's left, the other guy is like trying to pull them out of the cellar. Oh, because they're getting dragged down there by the chick. Yeah, true. Okay. So, yeah, we get the arms through the trap door. Someone's getting dragged down there and they have to pull them out. Uh, and then I think through all this, the the girlfriend that Ash has, like, beaten and nearly shot, <laughs> um, she's still laughing. So he ends up just, like, dragging her outside um, mm-hmm. out, out into the fucking the dark and the, the fog. Uh, and then I think he shuts the door. Yeah, and, locks her out. Yeah, he, he locks her out, shuts the door, and then he, like, turns around and she's back in the cabin again. She like reappears behind him from memory. Sure, sure. Because um, then, because she like stabs him, I think, and then like falls over backwards and like ends up impaling herself on like the, I think it's the dagger that like bone dagger. This is my, where my memory starts to <laughs> play around a little. I, just, I don't I, remember that bit. Okay, I, I just remember he like drags her outside. Um, Because she's like laughing like an idiot, shuts mm. the door, and then boom, she's like right behind him again, which I thought was really cool. Okay. Um. Anyway, so yeah, all, all that happens. Uh, and then it gets to a point where he um, like drags her down to like the shed or whatever and he like chains the body down and yeah, he grabs that's the chainsaw. Right. Yeah. And this is where obviously the chainsaw becomes a big like symbolic thing in the Evil Dead franchise, but it doesn't really, you know, come into play properly till the sequel. Yeah, it's not much. It's just a chainsaw here. Yeah, because he kind of, he's like chained her up um, and he goes to like saw her in half, and he just like can't bring himself to do it. Yeah, because she changes back to the, yeah, the non fucked like up version of herself and says, no, "Please don't do this to me." Yeah, and, and yeah. it works. He doesn't. He just decides to bury her instead. Uh, yeah, yeah, mm. that's right. Um, just digs a, a shallow grave, dumps her in, uh, and then um, she kind of like awakens. She's like coming to, um. Like you show her, it shows her eyes opening, and then at the same time, the trapdoor inside that was like chained shut again is like breaking open because mm-hmm. that's showing it's like, oh, you know, they think they've just defeated the evil, but this is like shit's only just getting started. Yep. Um, yeah. So she like comes to uh, the the trapdoor inside breaks. Meanwhile, and then the hands out of the grave like scratches at his leg. It's like mm. clawing the flesh away, which was a really cool shot. Now Scotty's gone by now, isn't he? Scotty, he left. Because uh... I, I thought that was coming up, but that must have already happened. Where he says, "Fuck this shit, I'm leaving. I'll find a way out of here." And he goes into the woods. Yeah. Because okay. that, that would explain where Scotty is in all of this. True. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so Ash has uh, just buried alive his girlfriend and she's come to and she's attacking him again. And he grabs the shovel and he's like stumbling <laughs> backwards or whatever, falls over. And then she like leaps at him or something, like jumps to him and he just fucking swings the <laughs> shovel and decapitates, decapitates her. So head, head goes flying. It's good. Yeah. It's a very good scene. Um, and this is where Ash runs back inside and finds that the trapdoor has been broken open, which is where uh, the the first possessed chick was was down. Um, and so, uh, interestingly too, this is I think where the room starts kind of coming alive because there's like a po- a pipe like leaking blood. Yeah. Um, pipe in the ceiling, and yeah, because you see like blood like oozing out of the powerpoints. Um, it like fills the light bulb, the inside of the light bulb. Which yeah, the really whole cool. place is just leaking blood at this point. And then the pipe like bursts open and just 
Yeah, blood so, comes pouring into his face. Yeah, so I guess maybe this is like what the remake was doing in the final scenes when it was raining blood. It was like just their version of amplifying this scene, I guess. Yeah, it's just blood coming out of everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then what I really liked about this was, um, I don't know if you picked up on it, but when the blood is like pooling uh, on the floor, there's like a Band-Aid box <laughs> <laughs> floating on top of the surface. I didn't I didn't pick that up. I thought funny. that was funny. Um, Tongue-in-cheek humor there. Yeah, that was good. And then you see kind of the grandfather clock from the start, like winds right back up again to the start. So this is like, it's kind of like showing everything starting all over again. Mm. Like, you um, think it's over, no, it's about to start again. Yeah, it's like once you've killed everyone, it, or you think you've killed everyone, it's like a vicious cycle and it goes back to the beginning and everyone's, like, repossessed again, yeah. um, so to speak, which is really, really cool the way they did that. Um, and then this is where you get this really cool shot as well. Um, Ash is, like, looking in the mirror and he's, like, telling himself to, to get a grip and... It looks like it's just reflection, but then he like no 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 your mistake. That's in the second one. Oh, is that the sequel? That's the second one because because it, oh, it got me too. In the first one, it's just it, it's similar where he's looking at the at the reflection in his mirror yeah. and he goes to touch it, but his hand goes through it and it's like water. Oh yeah, it's in the, sorry, it's in the second one. Yeah, that's my bad. That is <laughs> really cool scene though. That one. It is. Yes. I, I legit thought it was a straight up reflection. <laughs> that was brilliantly done for the eighties. Oh yes. Um. Yeah. So anyway, it's just like a. Yeah, it's like a liquid mirror, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, his hand kind of goes just, through it. He's just going crazy. Well, it's not that he's going crazy. It's that, like, the world around him is literally morphing to be... Yeah, it's intangible. Yeah. How do you reckon they shot that, by the way? Uh, I think it's probably just as simple as the water... Like, they just had a pool of water, and he was just, like, up above it. And, and they just sort reached of, like, down into it. turned it to a 90-degree angle in editing. Yeah, I mean, that'd be the easiest way. So, anyway, um, and then Scotty is back... Um, and he attacks Ash because Scotty had this stage had been he was like severely wounded. He had like I don't know like stab wounds on him or bite marks or something. Yeah, well, he, yeah, because he comes back staggering from the woods and says yeah. the tree attacked him. Oh, too. So yeah, he, true. Would have been the branches. He also again. had some tree fun time, and then <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Ash tries like tries to take care of him, but yeah, he's stabbed. He's got fucking yeah, cuts and wounds and shit. He's been to the ringer. Yeah, and <laughs> there's a funny moment where <laughs> I don't know why it's funny, but. Uh, Ash is like feeding him, like giving him a glass of water, but he's just pouring it into his oh, mouth. I know, yeah. It's like clearly running out and Ash just like keeps pouring dribbling it. Dribbling down his face and shit. Yeah. Should, shouldn't laugh because the man's just died. Yeah. But it's, it's funny. Um, that was good. That would have been so hard not to laugh and they were filming that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden he's turned, right? Like Scotty becomes possessed. And this is where we get that like eye gouging scene. Um, I think it is where like yeah. Ash grabs him by the side and just like <laughs> jams his thumbs into his eye sockets and it's just like liquefied eyeballs just yep. ooze out like of the sockets. Game of Thrones gets it from I'm sure. Yeah, it was it was gnarly. I I loved that. That was so cool. Yeah. Um, and then like where he gets stabbed uh, in like the the torso, it starts like gushing blood. Like it's pissing out. Well, he doesn't get stabbed. It was a wound he already had, so he must have been stabbed by oh, the trees. Okay. And then Ash like rips it out. Oh, yeah, And then it just right. starts fucking pissing out blood. Yeah, true. Yeah. It's like a broken water main or something. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Um, and then, uh, yeah, this is where they're sort of struggling. They're on the ground at one point. Um, you've got, like, the fireplace roaring. The Book of the Dead is somewhere nearby. And as you said earlier, in that it has, like, steps. Uh, is it in the Book of the Dead? It's got, like, steps as to how to conjure it, but also how to 
sort of well it would because that's because that's what the professor was reading from yeah 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 true so they're like looking he knows and he's like look through the book of the dead to find out like what to do next um but he instead he just like because he tries to like burn it right they're like struggling on the ground he's like crawling after him because he's got no legs or something and legs are broken he doesn't try to burn it it's nearby the fire and it starts burning yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he, he uses this is where the necklace comes back. Yeah. He uses the necklace to like <laughs> reach the book. He's like yeah. he's getting like attacked from his feet and he's like lying on the ground. He's using the necklace to like flick it yeah. forward and reach the book. At that point, the necklace adding like thirty centimeters is not going to do much. No. Like they no. really tried to shoehorn in like, all right, we had this idea, we need to do something yeah. with it. So, yeah. Because yeah, because it's nearby the fire and it's smoking, and I think he he doesn't I, want it to burn because he wants to read it or whatever, right? No, he wants it to burn. Oh, okay. Because. I, th- I don't know if it was just me seeing this, but I think I thought when it was near the fire and it was kind of the book was smoking, I feel like they were also kind of smoking. Like they had smoke coming from their hair or oh, something. Yeah, and that's how he knew. So, yeah, what he can to do. see like there's this link True. between the book and them. Yeah. So he's like, I get the book and I'm going to burn the book. Because yeah. he, he used the magnifying glass, grabs it, then chucks in the fire, mm. and that's what like burns them essentially. That's right. Because I remember in the remake, the dude that like cut open the book and was like reading from it, he tried to burn it and it wouldn't. Like it just straight up would not okay. burn. It was in a fire. We kind of, um, I think we fucked ourselves watching all of them before I know, this episode. We're getting them confused. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So he burns the book, and so that that kills him, right? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's when they start like. Well, they start kind of just screaming, and then fucking extremities just burst from their bodies. Like all these <laughs> arms like come bursting out. Uh, which is really cool. This is where like you get those really cool stop motion effects of the bodies contorting and everything as mm-hmm. the book's burning, mm-hmm. um, which is really nicely done. And yeah, there's just like shit oozing from their faces, like discolored. <laughs> oh like, yeah, because they're like they're like spewing and... white stuff, which is just milk. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're spewing milk and blood. Yeah, and I think there was an already dead one on the ground that like. Starts decomposing and mm. then this creamy yellow liquid comes out of yeah. its sleeve. Yeah, like, it's like this thick gross. paste. Like yeah. creamed corn. I know. <laughs> it was so good. Um, and it's just this for like five minutes or so. Just the room, like, as the room's dying and all these, like, possessed friends are just, yeah, getting destroyed. Um, really good, like, body body horror. And interestingly, once this happens and they've all kind of like melted away into the floor and it's just a bunch of burnt clothes or whatever, um, Ash like covered in just viscera, um, (laughs) he stands up and this is where he like goes outside and it's morning by this point and Mm. he like leaves the cabin. And what I really liked was it gives you this like um, idea that everything's kind of ended peacefully. You've got like the bird song in the mm-hmm, background. Mm-hmm. This really sweet string section comes into the score instead of those like really anxious, um, dramatic ones from the start. Uh, even though he's like covered in blood. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, because it's it's finally over. Yeah, it's know? like this sense of relief finally. Like he can leave the cabin. He doesn't have to worry about his friends coming back to kill him. And this is where this POV of the evil starts like rushing through the woods again from like way, way into the, the forest. Mm. And it, it like go- rushes all the way through the house. Yeah, it goes in the back door, through the house, couple of twists and turns. Yeah. Like smashes open the front door and then like just, yeah, last gotcha at the end. It's like, that, yeah. that, that end credits. Yeah, the final shot is like him turning around screaming and then cuts to credits, right? Yeah. Yeah, which 
I thought that was really sick because you see that a lot through the film kind of like when they're looking through the windows and this was just a really good like slap in the face. It's like <laughs> he was just survived presumably like 12 hours in this cabin from hell. Uh, you know, has to murder his <laughs> girlfriend twice, has yep. to kill his friends. Um, you know, he gets like stabbed and all sorts of shit like vomited on. Mm-hmm. And Blood's Right in his yeah, face. Uh, he's probably got a million different diseases now. <laughs> Gets out into the morning, he's made it, and you find out it's just going to start all over again. Kind of yeah. like when that grandfather clock wound back. <laughs> Ooh, she had a good, good parallel. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the end of that movie, which for a couple of years was it for the franchise. Mm. See, I love that ending because it's kind of like when you see other horror films and it seems like the antagonist is dead and the characters are kind of living happily ever after and then something happens where they pop up again mm. and then it just cuts the credits. I kind of love that. I feel like that's a very, uh, like a staple for, especially in the, the 80s and stuff mm. where every horror movie ended that way. Like you got yeah. Friday the 13th with Jason coming out of Lake or oh, Nightmare on Elm fair? Street where she fucking comes out the window and grabs his mother yeah, or yeah. her mother. Yeah. See, I didn't mention that when we were talking about Friday the 13th, the 2009 one um, in the sequels episode, but I really love that opening scene, but also the way that ended before the credits, that was fucking sick. Like bursts through the wood of the jetty. And like grabs the oh, chick. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, so it's just a horror staple to give one last scare. Mm. And I mean, to the point where Scream made fun of that, where it's always one last scare before, <laughs> before yeah. the end. And they always come back to life. Yeah. And um, like in Evil Dead 2, I think you were saying last time, they kind of had to reshoot the final sequence because he didn't have rights to it or something. So they couldn't just show... Like they yeah. couldn't pick up exactly where it left yeah. off. I think it was a it was probably just a combination of like they didn't have the rights to either the story or the footage. Yeah. They it was also like six years later or something like that. True. So they, they probably wanted to change some stuff mm. just to make the story of the second one work better. Cause, yeah. Because yeah. in the reshoot of the of the evil like the Evil Dead Two movie, mm. it's no longer a group of friends. It's just him and his girlfriend. Instead of them going to a cabin they hired out, they're just like breaking into some random's cabin. Yeah. Also that, you know, the rest of that movie can take place. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, interesting fact though, mm. the only reason that the second one happened is because Stephen King loved the first one so much. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Because, I mean, given like how hard it was for Sam Raimi to get funding or even to get anyone outside of a circle of friends and family interested, <laughs> the fact that the first person that was on board is Stephen fucking King. Yeah. Like, that's how you know you're on or something. Yeah. Master of Horror gives you the green light. Gives green light and then just go make a franchise and mm. everything has more budget than the last. Yeah. So, I got to say, uh, as far as acting, practical effects, uh, twists and turns, likable characters, like, it's just such a good film and it holds up so well today. And, like, it's interesting when you look at remakes like Friday 13th or Evil Dead and they kind of take you know, the same premise and put a a modern twist on it. I think to a degree it is like characters that make it so timeless because, you know, it can be shot really well. It can be done with newer effects and technology. Um, But if you don't have like someone like Bruce Campbell who just sells it every second that he's on camera, um, it just doesn't work. But yeah, yeah, Evil Dead is, is just as good 
for its you know gory effects as it is for its acting which yeah, yeah i love well it's definitely stood the test of time for such a low budget movie yeah like, yeah for sure it, it's got everything i want the only thing it could use more is more likable characters i only yeah. liked ash the others i didn't care about but when you got ash campbell mm. that's all you need ash campbell, ash oh, campbell. bruce campbell <laughs> shit. um i think with characters like that where you've got you know, a group of five friends, you kind of need the archetypes. You need like <laughs> each character to kind of represent a stereotypical personality, which we were talking about, I think, in sort of like trashy mm. slashes where, yeah. you know, when you know, like at least half the cast is going to be slain <laughs> and killed off, you can't get too invested in. Well, you, where, get, you get to Cabin in the Woods where it's yeah, like yeah. little archetypes. You got the stoner, the, you know, party girl, the yeah, jock. Yeah, there's like the nerd. the nerd. Yeah, so... I feel like having the lead as someone um, everyone resonates with or just really likes uh, and then having them in sequential films just works. So Yeah. Hell yeah. That's star power. So that's it. The Evil Dead. Evil Sam Dead. Sam Raimi's 1981 feature. And man, it still slaps today. <laughs> yeah. So really thank you good. for listening. Uh, give us a follow. Make sure you uh, tune in 5 p.m. every Friday for a new episode. Yeah, I don't think we've actually said that, by the way. No, we haven't. <laughs> yeah, we just kind of tell them on our socials uh, yeah. when we drop the new new. But, um, 5 p.m. on Fridays. Yes, sir. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at DeadHousePod. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as always, uh, appreciate the support and we will see you next week. No, you stole mine. What the fuck? I, I signed this shit out, man. And we'll be st- right. And you still got to sign it? Yeah, but when you have all the lead up to it, oh, whatever, we'll be right back. <laughs> Stole my sheets, bro.